This is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra and Kelsey with Halepule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. We're in the last week of a 200-hour yoga and Ayurveda teacher training, and this time the group is mostly a younger group of women from Japan, and in the past we've had students ranging in age from their late teens, actually, into their 60s or 70s, uh, and it's just fun to see the ranges of ages that come through, and it shows that Ayurveda and yoga are truly for everyone. And then we also have put out a call for a swarm of bees so we can get our hives started, and we had two come in one evening. That'll be fun to get started, actually, on the property. Yeah, yeah. We do use honey in our tea, and sometimes we put it on top of a baked good, and that, and, and it's also used medicinally, so having our own honey is a really nice thing. We've spoken before about doshic times of day, and there are doshic times of year and doshic times of life with specific suggestions that can support us during all those times. These are the times when the doshas are most active. So we adjust our diet by the season, and nature really takes care of this to some degree with eating what is fresh and local, that that will automatically do that. Some people make the mistake of thinking they are not affected by the doshic times if it is not their dominant dosha. But we all have influence from the doshic times of day and life, even if it's not our predominant dosha. We each have all three doshas in us, and any of them can become imbalanced at any point in time, depending on how we're eating and what we're doing in life. The important thing that I've learned is to become aware of the signs of balance and imbalance and then to make choices that adjust the living and consumption accordingly. Now, today was a beautiful day and as we move into summer, I know I'll certainly be aware of pitta dosha. As vata continues to calm down in myself, the pitta is showing up more. And last summer, I remember spending too much time in the midday sun and experiencing myself as much more irritated than previous summers. So in consideration of the people I live and work with, and for my own health, I'm going to be more aware to stay out of the hot midday sun, keeping Pitta calm. (laughs) And we'll certainly all appreciate that. (laughs) Any of the doshas accumulate to an excess any time. It just really depends on our choices in life on a daily basis. The doshic seasons seem to be discussed quite frequently in various blogs and books, but let's explore the doshic times of life, because that's something that I haven't seen as prevalent. Right, so the doshic times of life are important to understand, um, because our modern lifestyle, and particularly in the West, really contradicts the, uh, the, the, the tendencies that are natural for us. So, for example, the kapha time is birth to about 20 years of age. And it's a time when the body is growing and we need plenty of sleep and a grounding, stable environment and the freedom of movement. Unfortunately, this is not what most children experience these days. 
They're either pinned to a chair in a classroom or they're running from a structured activity to the next. So too much movement and too much activity and too much stress at a time when their systems should be calm and gently growing into young adulthood. So there's a lot of things happening now that are in conflict with this that cause other doshas to become imbalanced, such as vata and pitta. I certainly had a lot happening, activity and school-related, during that time period for myself, dance and sports, as well as simply working very hard to overachieve in school. And I just, I remember wanting to sleep all the time. You mentioned plenty of sleep, but I'm understanding now that 10 plus hours is probably on the excessive side. Well, it could be. (laughs) It could be excessive, especially as you come into the teenage years. Um, A good range for most people is seven to nine, but for children to have nine or ten, young children especially, is really appropriate. But it does depend on the individual's constitution. But not having enough sleep causes excessive stress to, to a child's nervous system and aggravates the doshas, in particular vata dosha. Uh, which will then continue with them through life. But when there's too much pushing and aggression and they're striving to perform, you know, the mind will really uh, exhaust the body even. That's a lesson I'm learning even now, just becoming aware of how my mental activity affects my physical vitality mm-hmm. day by day. So those everything you mentioned paired with headphones blasting, eating whenever I wanted when I wanted, excessive amount of hairspray, makeup, and body spray in my late teens, and spending a lot of time watching low-quality television movies put a fair amount of strain on my five senses, and I didn't consider the impact of those things on my senses until I learned of Ayurveda. Right. We need to be aware of the effect on us through our five senses, and all of those things are going to cause imbalance in the doshas. Too much insult to the five senses will do that. We need to think grounding, stability, and calm during that kapha time of life. What we watch, what we listen to, smell, eat, put it on our body, all makes a difference in the balance of the doshas, and therefore how we feel in our body and how our mind feels. And it also affects our sleep and our overall health. As well as our mental and physical development. Right. Yeah. So the pitta time of life is from about 20 years to 50 years of age. And you'll see that some people will, they think they used to say 45 years or so. Some people will say 55, but it's somewhere around that range. And it's a time where achievement and family and career are the focus of life. We tend to be a little more outward. We tend to be a little more materially oriented. And it's a time where we have an opportunity to make our statement in life. You know, and and just start to sort through, you know, who am I and what am I here to contribute? I can see how important having a balanced childhood is now. With a balanced kapha time of life, one can then move into the transformative pitta time and have that transformational energy of pitta dosha assist us to meet our basic needs as well as fulfill desires. So the overstimulation mixed with the pitta drive sounds like the formula for a breakdown or burnout pretty early on. And when I think about it, I can't think of anyone I know personally who hasn't experienced a sense of burnout in the pit to time of life at some point. 
there are so many young people having really significant illness and a lot of distracting symptoms these days, and particularly women. I read an article recently about chemicals and common products like hairspray, makeup, and shampoo, and that many of the chemicals imbalance the hormones in us. And it was so interesting because I didn't really think about that affecting me now. And I haven't used those types of products in years. But I went to extremes with the hairspray especially and have been working through significant hormone balance since I stopped. Makes sense why it's been such a long process for you to come back to balance. You know, strong chemicals as well as unresolved emotions are really impactful on our energy flow. You know, and then our, therefore our body's ability to produce the proper amounts of hormones and, and overall our ability to function well. You know, when we're young, we think we know everything. And this is another reason for uh, menopausal women to take good care of themselves and be an example for younger women. So menopause would come in the vata time of life, correct? Yes, that's right. So we come to that vata time of life around 50 years of age. And It's a time where we're really meant to move into spiritual pursuit and to share the wisdom of our life experience. Uh, You know, vata naturally increases as we age. And just a reminder that the qualities of vata are that it's light and dry and airy and it's mobile. It it, um, supplies the movement in the body. And so Ayurveda really offers us great tools for slowing that aging process down and smoothing it out so it doesn't have to be rough and bumpy and suffering. Right, and there's a a little bit of drying that happens in that time period too. There is, and so that's why it's so great to have the tools to be able to counter some of that so that it goes goes nicely rather than being uh, something that we dread and we can continue to enjoy life. You know, additionally... Agni, our digestive fire, can it'll tend to get a little weaker most of the time because the vata gets imbalanced. But it does get weaker in, in many people as they get older. And so it's important to keep the Agni strong as a priority. Weak Agni seems to plague many people these days and deplete their ojas. Yeah, and when ojas gets depleted, we get sick and then we die. Ojas, you know, being what supplies our immunity and our vitality. Mm-hmm. Throughout all of life, then, we need to keep the doshas and agni balanced and ojas strong, right from birth as best as we can through uh, menopause for women and beyond. I think about this as I watch my nephew, who is one year old now. When I'm asked for suggestions, I provide them, like keeping fruits as a separate meal away from other food, because I know that would have helped my Agni right from the beginning. Yeah, keeping doshas balanced and, and Agni strong will cultivate easy transitions in life. It makes sense, especially when we look at Ayurveda and yoga, where we're meant to feel well as the foundation of those practices. I grew up understanding menopause to be a time of suffering for women, but Ayurveda had me question that. I dreaded my mother reaching those years, and myself as well, actually. And it was only through discussion with you that I learned it doesn't have to be a miserable and painful process for women. It's a great time to celebrate the life that you've lived so far. And the transition to sharing our experience and wisdom, we really can start to see ourselves in a different way. Um, And it's really difficult to enjoy that if you're having some really unpleasant, distracting symptoms that so many people do that are a result of 
imbalanced dosha. And mm. hot flashes are a symptom that seem prevalent. Right, and it's not natural. This is not a natural part of menopause. Personally, I didn't have them. You started working with Ayurveda at around age 40, so that gave you enough time to balance the doshas before beginning menopause? Well, actually, not really, not completely. You know, I had significant vata provocation, meaning I had a lot of excess vata. And that one of the things that happens as a result of that is that menopause came very early for me, shortly after coming to Ayurveda. So, um, so there was some time there required. And I did have some, some sense of imbalance at a few times, in particular pitta and kapha dosha. In balancing pitta and kapha, I know we talk about vata a lot, mm-hmm. but balancing pitta and kapha are particularly important for hormone balance. And if I hadn't worked with Ayurveda and, and, and improved that balance, I would have had more symptoms. Yeah. I did experience that short period of kapha imbalance and a little bit of edema and weight gain. We have had clients who begin working with Ayurveda because, because of menopause symptoms who, as a result of changes they made, shortened their periods of discomfort. So those clients that follow the suggestions for AHAR, which is diet, and VHAR, which is lifestyle, have had symptoms like hot flashes just fall away. Yes, that's exactly right. So if you're willing to make some changes, then these things work. We do things that cause the dosha to become imbalanced that then leads to those symptoms. And oftentimes, if, if someone looks back at their life, they can see the beginning of those symptoms. They might not have been manifesting uh, in the way that they do in menopause, but there was something going on. So when we stop doing the things that are causing the imbalance and we replace it with something better, then the symptoms go away. Our bodies are really incredible miracles, the way it works. So we really need to take a look at what we're doing in life. You know, I'm always saying to to everybody (laughs) that everything matters in life. And there are long-term consequences from everything. And we want to make sure that there are positive consequences. Mm -hmm. And not to consider this brings us suffering eventually. Yes, we've had a few clients who have had one foot in each camp, as you sometimes say. So they still consume things directly related to symptoms like hot flashes, for example, alcohol or excess of hot spicy food. But at the same time, they're trying to take herbs to counter the symptom. And that does not typically work very well for them. The herbs are really powerful, but they're subtle and they can be overpowered by strong substances like hot spicy foods and and alcohol. So, for example, if someone's having hot flashes and drinking alcohol on a daily basis, they might experience a little bit of relief uh, with the use of herbs, but otherwise they'll continue to have the symptoms. Um, Fermented foods, caffeine, refined sugar, and, and some others, they all contribute to disturbing the digestive environment that will then result in the dosha imbalance that then results in the hot flashes. But if one is willing to implement a few changes, then making more changes over time gets to be easier because you start to feel the benefits from one or two things, and then it gets easier for the mind to become willing to try some new things. That's definitely correct. Yeah, but it really is necessary 
for all of us to realize that we're meant to feel well, that well-being is ours, and that we need to claim it. So the hot flashes, in particular, are a symptom of pitta imbalance. And pitta is the fire and water element, so it's also associated with symptoms such as excessive bleeding, inflammation, impatience, and anger. And skin problems, you know, as pitta governs the skin. So lots of symptoms would include things like dryness and constipation. Right. Dryness on the inside and the outside. So dry eyes, vaginal dryness, dry skin. And then difficulty sleeping, worry, fear, anxiety, spaciness, bone loss, and weight loss. Kapha symptoms include weight gain, edema, dullness, depression, and sometimes greed. Now, not many people pay attention to the emotional components of the imbalance, like greed and impatience. They tend to think it's just part of their personality. Ah, but the personality can change. That is at the foundation of the yogic practices, a transformation of personality. We have tendencies based on our dominant dosha, and there are balanced and imbalanced characteristics of personality that are a result of the dosha balance or imbalance. Things like greed and anger and worry are examples of imbalance of kapha, pitta, and vata, respectively. So young women like myself don't have to worry about turning into monsters when we reach menopause. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) It can be a really sweet, smooth, and introspective transition for, for any of us. In my Vedic astrology studies, it stood out to me that transitions of any time, such as the transition of new and full moons or of seasons, are vulnerable times for us as human beings. Life transitions, such as beginning menstruation and then entering menopause, would be included in this as well, correct? That's right. Ojas, which is our vitality and our dictates our immunity and our blissfulness, and we mentioned that earlier, it may lower during these transition times, which then makes it difficult to maintain our ojas. So it requires a little extra consciousness and the willingness to adjust what we're doing in order to support staying in balance. I imagine the prevalence of excess vata in people contributes to lowered ojas. The fast pace of living, light, dry, airy diet, excess raw food consumption, such as smoothies, and most importantly, the stressed and worried mindset that just seems to be so common. Right. It seems like people have now accepted that, that that's the way to live. You know, when vata is imbalanced, when there is an excess of it, the symptoms include fear, memory loss, worry, anxiety, and spaciness. You know, and these are really common symptoms that are many people associate with menopause. And when those kinds of feelings are going on, they really inhibit our ability to, to digest life. And when we're not digesting life well, we don't digest our food well. Mm -hmm. And then a vicious cycle gets going. Agni starts to get weak. And then our datus, which are the layers of tissue in the body, and there's seven of them, they're not properly nourished. So then ojas is created by the last in the line of those seven tissues that are nourished in the body. It's called shukra. It's our reproductive tissue. And includes the reproductive organs. So if nutrients are not passed properly through all of this process, through all of the tissues, including our muscles and bones, then ojas is going to become depleted. 
And you can review our podcast on Agni or any of the blog posts related to Agni on our website, halepule.com. So let's take a break. We'll be back in a minute with solutions for easy menopause. Ayurveda can treat any health concern because treatments are focused on the underlying imbalances instead of masking the symptoms. In consultation, we'll make recommendations on what and how to eat, balancing Ayurvedic herbs and treatments, aromatherapy, meditation, mantras, energetic healings, yoga asana, and so much more. This is truly a holistic practice. With Skype and phone conferences, we can facilitate health consultations with anyone, anywhere. Our consultations are designed to show you the basics of Ayurveda so you can become your own healer and improve your health. Send us your questions at hashtag AskHalePule. That's hashtag Ask, H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E, on Twitter and Facebook. Okay, we're back. We had a question come through on Facebook with the hashtag AskHalePule. What recommendations does Ayurveda have for osteopenia? Osteopenia is related to excess vata, and it's a common but unnatural occurrence in women of of all ages these days, but particularly more as we age. You know, to to take care of that, you want to start to do things that calm vata dosha. That would be vata-calming foods, warm-cooked foods, and you want to strengthen your agni so that the bone tissue can be nourished properly. So one of the very simple things that makes a big difference in this is to chew a teaspoon of raw sesame seeds, black sesame seeds if they're available, but white is okay too, and chew them for five minutes and do that each day. There's also a really nice benefit, which is that the teeth are going to become whiter as a result of that. And I'm going to point out that you suggested sesame seeds rather than a calcium supplement for this purpose. And I always thought that supplements were great and was surprised to learn that the liver actually has to process them like a toxin because they have no dwanda or natural balance. So taking calcium as a supplement actually wasn't assisting bone health as I thought. It actually was drying out my body. And since the bones are related to vata dosha, it was increasing dryness and and causing more imbalance in me. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So we have a lot of clients that actually rebuild some bone mass in their later years rather than losing more. And this can come actually by practicing yoga asana. Maybe you've heard that if you have um, weight-bearing activities, and a lot of people take up weightlifting as a result of that. But better, the yoga asana is much better because it doesn't, um, it doesn't cause as much tightness in the muscles, and it, it helps you develop strength all the way through the muscle from one joint to the next, you know, rather than just right in the middle of the muscle itself. Also, you know, strengthening Agni and calming Vata Dosha, these are the things that are going to help you maintain and even potentially increase your bone mass. You know, we do have herbal formulas that support this as well. And primarily what we do with the herbal formulas is to support the digestive process. The herbs, when they're combined with Ayurvedic principles, are different because they're digested like food. And they have the intention then of bringing the body and the mind back to a balanced state by balancing the doshas. So we're not trying to fix one thing or act on the body, but rather we're supporting it in what it really knows how to do. 
You know, but even if you don't have any osteopenia symptoms, you'll want to call them Vata first. And, and as you either prepare for or if you're already in menopause without aggravating pitta. You know, and so the way we do that is just to make sure that we don't go to extremes. We stay in the moderate place in, in everything, actually, uh, with uh, uh, the practices of Ayurveda. So we can really start to bring healing to ourselves by working with this principle in Ayurveda that's so, so important, and that is that like attracts like, and the opposite brings balance. And you can learn more about the qualities of the doshas and how to bring balance in our online courses, A State of Health, Getting Started with Ayurveda. In, in Ayurveda, we look at everything in terms of its qualities. Learning about the qualities of the doshas, will, it helps you to begin to think of what qualities are prevalent in my experience and what do I need to adjust to bring things to balance. So, for example, vata has the qualities of being cold and dry. So cold or dry food will increase vata. The opposite, warm and oily food, for example, will bring balance and alleviate the symptoms. So it's important to balance vata first. But you must be careful not to go to excess, otherwise you will aggravate pitta, which is the fire element, and it's hot and oily. But the best way to... to work on this is to to do some studying yourself for sure but also to work with a practitioner that's how I got started in the beginning I, I started learning and reading about it but then I had to work with a practitioner myself uh, to to learn how to to really work with the principles of Ayurveda and as you mentioned vata calming food and activities are important and that means warm cooked food using ghee or another oil Yep, and moderate spices for digestion. Not overly heating, but nice warming spices that support digestion. And not too many spices at once, and not too much at one time. We have someone doing a kitchery cleanse who's not using any spices, and he was saying he was getting a little, yesterday was the first day he got a little bit sick of it. And we can understand why without any spices. They assist with the taste, but more importantly, the digestion. So... Since you mentioned earlier that menopause is a vata time of life, it's important to make sure there is sufficient kapha, especially if someone is very thin. For some people, it really might require some special attention because you need enough kapha to keep the body lubricated, to keep it grounded, and to keep it nice and juicy. Otherwise, we get kind of uh, sharp and stiff as we get older. And <laughs> I think we dry up just like a dead leaf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It may require some special attention if someone is very thin. You need to have enough kapha to keep your body lubricated and grounded and juicy. Otherwise, we dry up like a dead leaf. And there's so many women today that keep trying to lose weight or they're cleansing because they think that, that the toxins are causing problems, which they might be. But then they do too much of it and they dry themselves out. And they don't succeed at either of these things, losing weight or cleansing in the way they had hoped. Because the causes of these things are very different. What do you mean by that? Well, the excess weight will come from poor digestion. And it might be a result of overeating in one sitting. could be poor food combinations. could be imbalanced food choices. And not chewing, just to name a few of the things. And those are some of the most significant things in terms of carrying excess weight. I've also watched so many people want to cleanse, and they do this, 
and then they binge on sweets and augmenting foods because they feel imbalanced afterwards. And then it gets a vicious cycle going. So strong Agni is the basis for all balance and well-being and a key element along with dosha balance. Yes, taking care of Agni with things like ginger tea or ginger appetizer is important. As we age, the Agni does tend to get a little bit weaker for some people in particular, so it needs some special attention. Do you suggest fresh or dried ginger for the tea, and how often to have it? Well, fresh is usually best. Just a couple of slices soaked in water overnight, and then you bring it to a boil, and it it's, makes a lovely tea, and then you can put some honey with it. Um, but fresh is usually best for most people. The dried version is also okay, but it's more heating. So for somebody with a pitta constitution, it wouldn't be ideal. But moderation is always the key. Make sure you don't you know, use <laughs> uh, two inches of ginger in order to make tea for yourself because it will be much too hot. So then the frequency of having that kind of thing depends on the individual and their state of imbalance. So we need to learn to work with things by seeing how we feel and then see what the effect is. But in general, you want to start with something very, very moderate. How often would the range be for the ginger appetizer? Same thing. You know, it really depends on the individual, but it could be a few times a week or it could be daily for a while for some people or just at certain points in time. So we're all changing and responding to our lives. You know, when we're emotionally upset, that might be a time where we'd like to have a little ginger appetizer just to help things along. And particularly during menopause, if we are having some symptoms, then doing things that can support us, that bring us back to balance at the same time that it might also give us a little bit of relief. Kitchery could be helpful to have once a week or once a month. Uh, if one were to do that, having a breakfast of kunyi, which is the soupy basmati rice with some ginger, turmeric, and ghee, mineral salt, and then lunch and dinner of kitchery. And if Agni felt particularly weak, it could be made without vegetables, just the rice and mung. I've been having one day of kitchery each week for a number of years now, and I find it really helpful for keeping my Agni strong. It just, you know, just in case there were things through the week that were stressful or the, some food I might have had uh, that wasn't very supportive of my digestion. Yeah, so it's a great way to rejuvenate. I often think back to attending your silent retreat in 2010, and we had nine days of kitchery, and it was pretty significant how different I felt in my body and mind after those 10 days. And since then, I've been having one day of kitchery a week as well. And I, I love it and definitely feel the difference it has made in my mental clarity and physical digestion in particular. Yeah, it's a great practice. So speaking of practices, let's talk about Dhinacharya, or daily routine, and the importance of it for a happy menopause. Clients like knowing what a typical day of cultivating balance would look like. Well, a dinacharya, it's a, it's a daily routine. So routine means regular. Uh, a regular schedule of eating and sleeping, and ideally a bhyanga, or uh, oiling the body. And this will balance vata and counters any dryness. And if not daily for the abhyanga, as often as possible. And other suggestions for dinacharya would be things to leave out which would mean no TV in, in the evenings or and stopping any electronics at least an hour before bedtime. 
and you could also have some more milk, uh, putting some oil, sesame oil on the bottoms of the feet, putting socks on before bed. Those are all things that support sleep. A little bit of exercise each day that might be taking a walk, practicing some yoga asana uh, or some particular activity that you do and hopefully one that's balancing for your dosha. Having an appropriate amount of rest is really critical for keeping the doshas balanced, to keep the agni strong, and to keep our ojas strong. You mentioned sesame oil on the feet, uh, and I want to bring up how great it is that we can now offer clients the herbal oil, Sleep Easy, for the bottoms of the feet and the top of the head before bedtime to support the sleep. And also, your Peaceful Nights Aromatherapy Blend, that works very well for calming the mind and body for sleep. And there are a number of herbal formulas that are wonderful for supporting menopausal changes. We have a combination of raspberry leaves and rosebuds. Uh, it's called Uttaravasti. And this is cooked together very lightly and then used as a douche. And it is a tremendous rejuvenative for the vaginal area for anyone, but particularly in the menopausal times. And we also can have uh, make that kind of a douche with other herbs according to the individual's needs. And there are also some other Ayurvedic treatments that are just absolutely wonderful, but particularly so during the menopause time. Snehan, which is the very slow, rhythmic, and uh, specific application of oil to the body, medicated oils. Uh, Bastis are also very good for calming vata. This is an insertion of oils into the colon, not a large amount, just a small amount, but a way of getting herbs and lubrication into the body. And then probably many of you have heard of Shiradhara, which is just a really lovely oil treatment where uh, warm oil is very slowly and consistently dripped onto the forehead and specific points, marma points on the body. You mentioned yogic practices earlier, and I'd like to just touch on that to note breathing exercises and pranayama will calm all doshas, but especially vata dosha, if done properly. So they're very helpful to incorporate, but is important to learn from an experienced practitioner. Menopause is a time for more inward focus in life. This would suggest then asana with longer holds, smooth transitions, and slow flow. You know, not fast, aggressive movements. We have an exercise that we show people that's called sit down, stand up. And this is something that helps keep your hips and your pelvis really mobile as you age. And then meditation that cultivates a connection to the God of your heart, really the most important thing. And then the practice of silence periodically. This is something that is so, so important. And you might just try, even if you just try doing an hour a day of it, but to cultivate some internal awareness, because this is how we start to recognize, oh yes, I do have these things to offer others. We do all those practices at our silent retreats where the focus is on spiritual growth. We'd love to have you attend and we can support you in, in integrating those practices. Menopause should really be a time of empowerment where a woman shares her experience and wisdom. I know I've repeated that a few times, but I think we really forget that. It can be a smooth process by doing some really simple things to stay aligned with nature and with your constitution. And it's really best to do those things before menopause, and then the transition is a really sweet one. But if you do happen to come to us in the throes of uncomfortable menopause and are willing to make some changes, 
you can definitely shift your experience. And we'd love to assist you with that. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. And if you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach for your balance, we offer consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaleePule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at HaleePule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join simple Ayurvedic cooking with Halipule. The recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.